Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Go into 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to talk about possessing our vessel this morning for the next few minutes. I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1 through 7 or 8, and then we'll kind of get down into some detail here on this uh, passage of Scripture. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1, Finally then, my brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk as to and to please the Lord or please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you, and this is our main text, that each of you, notice it says each of you, should know how to possess his own, own, own vessel, your own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to what? Holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us of his Holy Spirit. What we're talking about in this series is knowing how to possess our vessels. We discussed this last week, and I'm not going to go into detail on it again, but we live in a culture that magnifies how I feel and magnifies my truth. Most of what culture in general, including entertainment, politics, everything that goes on, if there is no spiritual foundation, and even, I hate to say this, a lot in spiritually uh, what people consider themselves spiritual or churchgoers, the reality is most of their identity comes from their experiences, from their natural feelings, from the way they were raised, from the way they think they are, how they perceive themselves, or what emotion is rolling on in that day. Do you know in all actuality, as a believer, your identity is in Christ? I love this. We're going to get down into some of this stuff uh, on who you are in Christ. And if you let this affect your mind and transform your thinking, people will go, you had a personality change. You know, they'll want to know what medication you're on. Because there's a medication for everything nowadays, you know what I mean? Can't sleep, take this medication. Yeah, gospels are better, definitely. You know, you can't, can't sleep, take this medication, but then that medication means, you know, you can't, you know, it stops something else, so then they give you a medication for that, and then you get a, and before you know it, you can't do anything, you know? But, but gaining understanding of who we are in Christ is so vital. And so last week we talked about this, and we talked about the threefold nature of man. We looked at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23, where Paul says this to the Thessalonian church. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole what? Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what we have here is a breakdown of who we are. This is part of what uh, Terry was talking about. Actually, this very thought was laced through every, almost every word that was shared. But the reality is, is that you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Your body is your physical house. It's the part you see. It's actually usually the part we're most familiar with. 
And what happens when we get born again is we actually need to have a transformation of thinking to where we think spiritual first, not body first. Most believers are frustrated because they don't realize who they are in Christ. That's where, this is where the enemy loves, and we'll get into it eventually, but the main place that the enemy tempts is the nature of your flesh through the soul or the mind. So we talked about this. If Paul breaks us down by the Spirit of God into spirit, soul, body, what do we know? The Spirit is the dimension of man which deals with the spiritual realm, the part of man that knows God. How many know God is spirit? And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. Do you know if you don't have the truth, you won't worship him in spirit like you should? You say, why? Because you need knowledge for your noodle. (laughs) The spaghetti. This stuff. You need knowledge in here. Why? Because the soul is the connecting point from the spiritual to the natural. It's the connecting point. Now, your soul deals with what? The mental realm or man's intellect, the sensibilities and the will. This is the part that reasons and thinks. This includes our emotions as well. So that's where our soul is. So uh, um, if you could look at it in three dimensions, you, you almost need to imagine the spirit inside of a person, then there's the soul, then the physical body on the outside. How many have ever seen those old... Uh, I don't know if they're Russian dolls or whatever they are, but there's a smaller one inside of a smaller one. Okay. Yeah. Only I need you to see it the other way because most people will go flesh automatically. So they think, yeah, okay, the big one, and then I'm inside the big one, the flesh. The... No, 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 it's the other way around. Now, you're inside your body right now, but I have a scripture that says greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So we, and Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. You know, you ought to drive to work saying that. I said, you ought to drive to work saying that. Now watch, people go, well, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's that way. That's because you're seeming naturally, not spiritually. Is God right? Or is your natural thinking right? God's right. Now, and I'm with you. It challenges my thinking as well. Because cha- we, we are so naturally geared that we go, no, I'm not a thousand times bigger on the inside. Just last week, I cussed out my neighbor. <laughs> I didn't cuss out my neighbor, just so you know. I bless you. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Come. I just, I lost my patience. I lost it. No, you didn't lose it. You just didn't exercise it. You can't lose it. How are you going to lose it? Did you save you? Did you create your patience? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Who gave it to you? God did. How did you get it? By grace, through faith. See, some of you are praying to the Lord, and you're going based on how good you did that day. You've got to quit. You've got to go based on Jesus' righteousness, because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, Lord. You will say, oh, no, I'm, a, I'm an old sinner, saved by grace. No, if you're not saved, then you're still an old sinner. 
But if you're saved by grace, then you're a saint. I said, oh, I just felt all the religious cows. <laughs> you know, they, they are lit up right now. He called himself a saint. Yeah, and nobody voted me in. Jesus said, I call you saints. Come on, we sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then we go, I don't know, Lord, did you hear that? I was pretty bad the other day. <laughs> Your body is the dimension of man that deals with the physical realm. So I want you to begin thinking of yourself in a new light. Don't think of yourself just as a physical being. Think of yourself as a spirit being who possesses a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and lives in a body. One of the commentaries on this uh, particular verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 states this. This is one of the clearest references in Scripture that we are, we are a three-part being, i.e. spirit, soul, and body. It's obvious that we all have physical bodies. Likewise, it is easy to understand we have an inner part that the Bible refers to as the soul. For instance, think about this carefully. We have emotions by which we can feel pain when no one has physically touched us. That's the soul. It's not a physical pain, but it is, an inner, but it is in an inner part of us. This is what many call the personality. It is comprised of the carnal intellect, the emotions, the will, and the conscience. The spirit part of us cannot be perceived through our physical senses. Therefore, the natural man cannot understand the existence and function of the spirit. The terms spirit and soul are commonly used uh, interchangeably. Paul made a clear distinction between them here. As you're reading through your scriptures, as you're studying the word of God and you see some of these words being used, you say, uh, here's a rule of thumb if you want to know whether it's spirit or soul. Look at the context. Okay? So if you see heart, that could mean spirit and soul. It could be a combination, specifically. But look at the context and you'll begin to see in the context how it breaks down and delineates between the two. Uh, in the Word of God, and we'll look at a verse on that again, but you'll see it. So we'd say the spirit of Adam, or the spirit part of us, um, of Adam, was the part of him that died when he ate the forbidden fruit. How many realize that? Adam's physical body didn't die until age 930. How many would like that? Nine, yeah, right now, because you're just thinking about your age and how you are now. But you ain't thinking about what he had. You know, he probably was like, you know, a teenager at 400. You know, who knows? I don't know how that works. But 930, if you read it in the Hebrew, it actually says this. It says, Paul, or the Lord told, G, told Adam, if you eat of this tree, you're, you'll surely die. It, it says, it actually says in the Hebrew, in dying, you shall surely die. Now watch, think about this now. What did I just read? His spirit died. What died later? His physical body. In dying, you shall surely die. So when you look back in the Old Testament, and especially in Genesis where you see the church and the earth, or you see the uh, creation and what took place and there was no death, we live in reverse to what they lived in. They went from life to death. We went from death to life. 
We switched. So we're, they, they had to learn how to die. We have to learn how to live. Mm. Boy, that, helped, that just blessed me. I, <laughs> that helped me. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so we see that he died. So at the new birth, and we know this from John 3, 3, our dead spirits are made alive unto God. We Christians are completely new in our spirits. The rest of the Christian life, now listen to this very carefully, the rest of the Christian life after salvation, after receiving Christ, is bringing the body and the soul under the control of this born-again spirit through the renewal of our mind. So people say, I want to do good I want to live right so I can make heaven. You're making heaven because of Jesus. You're living right because you have him in you. Well, I don't know. I think, you know, we've got to earn, earn, earn. Listen, there is reward to good works, but if they're not done from a place of grace and faith, there's no reward. Because religious people do good works without Jesus all day long. The world does good works without Jesus. You know? They receive their reward here. You know, they blow the horn. You know, celebrity gives $1 million and they put it on the news, you know, to some poverty-stricken or place that doesn't have food and they follow them around with a camera and show them what they're doing. I hope you enjoyed your reward because that's it. <laughs> See, a Christian will not let their right hand know what they're... Yeah. Can you imagine in Jesus' day, the religious leaders, they'd blow a horn Pharisee so-and-so is giving so much. You know, if, if I had suspenders, you know. Look at me. I'm amazing. <laughs> Jesus is going, get me the whip. Get me the whip. <laughs> I got to clean this place out. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, another verse that separates spirit and soul says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than in what? Any two-edged sword piercing even to the, to the division of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. One commentator said this, the word of God is piercing even to the division of. It is able to cut in two different directions and separate or divide the spiritual from the carnal. No other words can do that. Men today recognize the existence of the soul, but few outside of spiritual circles are familiar with the human spirit. The word of God it not only recognizes the spirit of man, but can separate it from the soul and identify it. The soul and spirit is further defined by the analogy of joints and marrow. The soul is compared to the joints because it is the hinging point of the spirit and the body. Did you hear that? The spirit is compared to joints because it's the hinging point of the spirit and the body. So imagine spirit, body, in between soul, it hinges the two. Why is marrow compared to the spirit? Because the inward man receives its life from the spirit. Just as the human body receives its life from the bone marrow, where what? Blood is produced. So that's why it's called the marrow, the spirit. See, the Lord is using natural things that we know about to illustrate spiritual realities. So powerful. It is like Paul is saying to the Hebrews, you think a machera. Do you know what a machera is? It's a Roman sword. 
so he was using the sword of that day, the Romans, is something, wait until you use this sword, the sword of the Spirit. It can cut through to where no human sword can go and divide the soul and the spirit. Armed with the word of God, any believer can differentiate between what is spiritual and what is soulish. Now, I will say this. I just saw this in my spirit when I was reading that. And this is for somebody in here, for all of us, but maybe somebody specifically. The word, the written word of God can cut down into where the abuses took place in your life and remove them. The word of God is what in Proverbs? It is health and medicine to all my flesh. Sometimes people are running from meeting to meeting, hoping the next person that lays hands on them, that thing will go away. When all reality, you may just need to get in your prayer closet and talk to your father and let him use the sword of the spirit in your heart. I don't know about you, but I have issues in my life that I don't, I don't want you to know about. You don't? You have issues that you'd want publicized on a billboard? Thank God the Lord's not that way. Amen? <laughs> it's just like the Lord gets in there, and you're fellowshipping with him, and he's fellowship, and, and he's got that sword of moving, and you're speaking his word, and all of a sudden, that depression goes bonk. And falls out next to you and you go, yeah, that isn't a part of me, is it? People say, uh-uh, you can't say that. Listen, I can tell you who you are in Christ. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. I know this about Jesus. He's never had a down day. And he put his nature in you. People say, well, then what do I feel? You're fighting a spiritual fight. Your mind is conditioned to a to a uh, reality in your life, or to, I'm going to use this word, to a fact or a truth in your life that actually is a lie. It's not the truth of who Christ says you are. And this is where soul and spirit comes in with the word of God, and he divides it out. And he puts his, he puts his, th this, this written word is life-giving. When you're reading it and seeing it, all of a sudden your mind goes, wait a minute. The Lord said I have joy. My doctor said I have. Who's right? Now watch, I'm going I'm to take this another step. People say, yeah, but I take medication for this. I have to take my medication. Take your medication, but man, overdose on this medication. There are no side effects. There is, this cannot hurt you. It will not harm you in any way. It will only bless you and keep you. And while you feed on this, come on, I know testimony after testimony after testimony of drunks, drug addicts, people that were so high out of their mind, reading this word and getting delivered while they're high. I mean, come on. If God can, he doesn't, God doesn't look down and go, oh, no, it's a, it's a prescription. <laughs> How will I get past that? <laughs> it's a, ah, what am I going to do? <laughs> God just wrote you another prescription. He just wrote you another prescription. In jest. Listen, 
I don't care if you get wasted drunk on Friday. I mean, I do care. I don't think you should do that. You get up on Saturday and talk about how the sun has set you free. And you read your word. And you stay in it. And people say, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yes, it makes spiritual sense. God is not in heaven going, oh, oh, that's it. That is it. I will. I cannot stand these people. <laughs> we, we, we are done. I, if you're... <laughs> Guys, if I would have not done what I'm telling you, I would not be here today. I wouldn't be. I'm not, I'm not giving a license. People say, well, you're giving people a license to sin. People sin without a license. They don't even need. <laughs> and I'm talking about in the church. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying this. Your hope if you abandon your only answer, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Don't abandon your answer. Don't abandon your answer. One more verse over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. I gotta, this, you guys listen well, and I'm not even anywhere in my notes where I should be. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Even though our outward man is perishing... How many know your outward man's perishing? Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That word outward means outside. The word inward means inside. Paul just revealed to us that we have an inside man. Now, you understand that means human. It's not man or woman. You understand that, right? It's you, you on the inside are who you are, and you are renewed daily. You're not getting any older on the inside. And that's you. You know, I, I look in the mirror and my wife goes, <laughs> I see the gray hairs here. And then I look in the mirror and my wife goes, oh, look, you're getting gray, Sean. <laughs> what do you call it again? It's so distinguished. <laughs> you know, I got to share This is funny to me. Maybe you won't think it's funny, but it's funny to me. When I was a teenager, I was like, man, I hope I, man, I, grow, I want to grow a beard, you know. Did anybody in, in sixth grade have somebody in their sixth grade that could grow a full beard? And I'm like, holy smokes, what, you know. But I was, I really didn't grow and was able to grow a beard until my, between my freshman, I was late, between my freshman and sophomore year. And then I, you know, I, you know, you're young, so you're dumb, but, um, that's not an insult. It just, it's scientifically proven that males' brains don't develop until like 30. Yeah, so I'm 14 years in, so I'm doing good. I <laughs> but anyway, so I, I was like, well, you, you know, you finally you could grow, you know, a beard or whatever. And then and I was like, man, you know, finally, you know, guys, you know, growing some chest hair. And it got out of control. It, it thought I said shoulder hair. <laughs> I told my wife the other day, I was in the shower, and I looked over, and I went, oh, and I grabbed, because I thought, you know, I got three girls in my house, and there's hair everywhere. I mean, when you vacuum, you have to clean that. It's wrapped around everything. And me and Ian are like, what is the deal? 
And I, I looked over, and there's this ball of hair there, you know, and I went, and it was stuck to me. And I'm like, ah, great. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> the outward man perishes. <laughs> I don't even know how I got off on that, but I'm glad you got a laugh out of it. <laughs> In other words, our inward man is what we should be concerned with, not our outward man. You know, people tuck this thing, they, they, they stretch it, they put creams on it, they do everything they can, but guess what? It's headed to the grave. And so through this process of this message, and we're going to get into, I won't be able, i got to stop. We'll get into it next week more, but we're going to talk about the desires of this natural body and what they are. And what I'm going to show you is, and we're going to deal with subjects and things that are uncomfortable to talk about. Because guys, remember, we live in a culture where today, where it's being so pushed. Uh, Herb mentioned it a little bit this morning in Bible study, but it's being so pushed that you can just decide what you are. You're not the gender you were born. You can, you know, you can be, you can have relationship with any gender or not be a gender or whatever. You can, you know, all these things are going on. It started initially as you can do whatever you want, just keep it in your own house. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about the reality of humanities. What, whatever you focus on, meditate on, and live in in your private, it'll eventually push to the outside. It'll push out. And so our goal, we live in this, we live in this tension. One, we need to guard ourselves from the thoughts of the world. And guys, listen to me very carefully. Fornication, sexual sins, transgenderism, all of these LGBTQ, all of this stuff, it's not, no human is immune to it. And people say, oh no, I would never be a homosexual. If you entertained it enough, you would. Because the nature of your flesh is no different than the world's. It's just no different at all. So what we're going to learn is, is that we have the ability from within to dominate without. Talking about possessing our vessel. And I know from where I talk, because I've been addicted to things. Now, different people are tempted by different things. Not everybody's tempted by the same thing. And so we need to learn the tendencies of our flesh so that we can go, nope, I'm not going to follow that. I'm going to crush that. So first things first, which is what we looked at this morning, very simply this. I am a spirit first. I have a mind. I possess a soul. And I live where? In a body. This is my earth suit. Paul said this in Romans. Do you know what the only thing this thing is good for? Slavery to the resurrection within me. It goes where I tell it. It says what I want to say. I'm talking about me on the inside. It, this body does. It expresses what I want to express. And you start understanding this and having your mind renewed to this, and you'll begin to dominate this world. There are people in here, or even maybe watching online, you, you think you're addicted to spending money you don't have. Because you have allowed a thought to come, settle into your mind that's from the enemy, and you allow the desire of your flesh and that thought to work together, and you are born again, but you've locked up the resurrection within you 
the self-control of the Spirit of God within you through having a mind renewed to carnal things and a flesh that's out of control. I'm telling you, this subject will set you free. I mean, you're already set free, but you'll walk in it. You'll walk in it. It's amazing. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.